and welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, a podcast where three Jewish women in New York discuss all of the geeky things that we are totally obsessed with. My name is Michal Schick, and I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-hosts Tamar Herman. Hello. And Essa Rosenberg. Hi. So this week we are going to be diving into 2017 because it is... 2017! Finally! (laughs) But first, as usual, we are going to go through our currently I'm obsessed with uh, segment. Uh, SM, do you want to get us started? Okay, well, this is a negative obsession, I guess. um, Those happen. Because I just watched uh, Captain America Civil War for the first time because I didn't get to see it when it was in theaters. And it just came to Netflix, um, I think, on Christmas. And I finally got a chance to watch it, and I watched it um, with a bunch of siblings. And we spent most of the movie yelling at the screen at the characters to just communicate and use your words and stop fighting and stop hitting each other. And everybody knows, Iron Man, you're not going to kill Captain America because he's in the other movies. And so you're just punching each other for no good reason. And, Except it yeah, was, it was very kind of fun. It was a frustrating experience. Well, the thing is, Captain America <laughs> and, does die in the comics, Civil War, so it wasn't... Yeah, but everybody knew he wasn't going to die in the movies, and they're not going to recap. But Bucky becomes Captain America, Yeah, so I thought that's what they were going to do. It was definitely a possibility mm-hmm. for me, anyway. I don't know. It didn't feel like that to me. It didn't feel at any point like there was actually a possibility of Captain America dying um, in his own movie. Um <laughs> I've been so great. Yeah, it, and yeah, it was it was Captain America movie, but yeah, I kept wanting there to be you know more Captain America in it because it just felt like it was kind of like an Avengers movie, except we couldn't afford Hulk and we couldn't afford Chris Hemsworth, you know, and so we just left those out. But then we brought everybody else together. But it wasn't really a Captain America movie. It was just really an Avengers movie that happened to have Captain America as the poster boy, but not really. It wasn't really about him. Winter Soldier was much better, in my opinion. I don't know. I didn't mind it. I liked it. I mean, it, it shouldn't have been called Captain America. They should have just called yeah, it Civil War. If it had Civil been, War. you know, Avengers Civil War, okay, that would have been fine. But Captain America, I I want more Captain America. Like, that's, that's why I came to this movie, you know? I didn't come to this movie to watch all the Avengers beat up each other. I just... I came to, to to see Captain America do Captain America awesome things. I 100% went into that movie assuming that they would just beat up each other. And, like, that was yeah, all well. I wanted from it. <laughs> I thought it was really well know. done. I'm, I'm not a fan of them beating up each other. That was why I, I didn't like Avengers 1 very much either. Because it felt like a lot of pointless fighting where there were just, you know, too much testosterone in the room. And them just, you know, trying to assert dominance for no good reason and having these pointless action sequences. And, yeah... I was very bored at Avengers 1. I felt like Avengers 2 was much better because what? there was more reason for them yeah, to be... Yeah, I'm so, are you are, the same movie? You are the only person yes, on the planet who feels that way. That Ultron was worse, and I don't know what movie they watched because Ultron actually had a plot and it had logic it, behind it didn't most really, of what was though. going on. It didn't really, yeah, though. It did. It did. It sh- you know, it was, you know, Iron Man learning a lesson, you know, dealing with his hubris. I don't know what Avengers was. <laughs> Avengers, <laughs> Avengers was, was delightful. A... Avengers was just a, Avengers a playground. Was so boring. Oh, it was a delightful, utter, utterly delightful. Uh, I was I was completely bored. A lot of pointless action scenes with no stakes. That was the issue for me with Avengers, is that none of the action scenes had stakes. You knew that nobody important was going to die, and you knew that nothing important was going to happen. It was boring. Yeah, and, and I just, I don't know, I didn't find the action scenes particularly well choreographed. 
choreographed. They just kept going on and on and on. The fight at, Ro- at the end of Rogue One, I found more engaging in terms of the pacing of it and the choreography of it and just, you know, how things kept getting worse and and all all of the things that need to go into making a fight sequence engaging. Rogue One actually did do, um, whereas in a lot of these uh, Marvel movies, they the action sequences just go on forever and you're like, oh my god, enough already. Sure, but I thought that was much more the case in Ultron, personally, where it's like, now we're going here, we're fighting here, yeah. and now we're going there, and we're fighting there. And that that is a problem in... Uh, in Civil War, um, I, I, I do agree that the I fundamental... I felt like that was much more pronounced in, in Avengers 1. But they're not fighting as much in Avengers 1. They kind of... They were fighting they each other. They have an issue, like, and then they work it out, and then they... And then they fight some more, and then they work no, it out. No, not and really. They, they kind of have just one... I don't know. ...major conflict. All the, 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 rest of, the rest of the... I mean, the other fight is really like a, a, a verbal fight, which I love. Anyway, um, I... There's, I mean, a, there's a lot of stupid arguments... Ugh, I hate the dumb arguments and the, the and the politics in in civil war were just ugh, none of none of the logic made any sense. It was just oh, it was frustrating. I mean, I think the the fundamental conflict of the movie has an issue. Like, I mean, I'm I'm recalling this from May or whatever it was, but I I felt that the interpersonal elements of the movie were really successful. Um, my 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 least favorite thing about it was the fact that. Spider-Man is a Mary Sue and nobody cares. So I thought Spider-Man was Oh, fun. he was delightful, was, but he was a total I Mary Iron Sue. Man was fun. And this I, was coming I, off of this was coming off of, you know, months of arguing about whether or not Ray from Star Wars was a Mary Sue, and then we get, you know, Spider-Man who is just I mean, literally like complete with clumsy, a complete Mary Sue and nobody cares. So I wrote an article about that and got hate on the internet. You could say he's a total Mary Sue, but when that person is just, is just for one section of the movie, people tend not to to look at it that way. I mean, coming out of that movie, like seeing it when it came out, everybody was talking about Spider-Man and for good reason. Obviously it's not exactly the same. It's not a one for one comparison, but I think that whatever I can link to the article. I feel like if Ray Ray had been a, a small part, if Ray had been a small part in Star Wars, everybody would have been like, oh my God, we want more Ray. Nah. You know, and like she because... just if she just showed up at one at one point, you know, and had a few awesome lines and did some cool kick ass stuff, oh. you know, and then went away again. Nobody would be like, but she was a Mary Sue. Everybody would be like, no, they... oh, I wish there was more of that tiny character. They would have because she's cameo. female. And what the issue was, was that it's a female with unexplained abilities and we can't have that. But we okay, can't have Ray's abilities made no sense most of that movie. I mean, they do if you think about it for a little bit, but that's a totally different topic. <laughs> anyway, Tamar, do you have any thoughts on Captain America? Um, I like, a movie like that came Michal. out several months ago. <laughs> yeah, so so like you, Michal, I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. I, I remember distinctly liking it more than Avengers 2 and thinking this is the Avengers movie we deserved. I don't remember really if I particularly liked it or not. I do... Remember having some problems with some of the plot, and definitely did not understand why Iron Man and Captain America just could not talk. But I, I did enjoy the scenes, and I did enjoy a lot of the dialogue, and I thought it was just a more cohesive movie than Ultron. Which the only redeeming quality was that it was James Spader as Ultron, and I was sitting there half the movie trying to figure out why I knew his voice, and I was like, "Oh, it's Blacklist." So that was <laughs> that was like the only thing I cared about in Avengers too. So yeah, I, I guess I liked it. I think that a problem with the 
Marvel Universe, the movie universe, is that they have no real depth to the movies because you you know which movies are coming out in a few years. You know who's going to still be alive. So if they had gone a darker route with Captain America and actually killed off the current captain and made Bucky the captain, that would have been a really great ending to that movie, I think, and would have would have been interesting, but I think I would have been frustrated with that also because I thought but that's that, canon. You know, the motives were so I, poorly fleshed out. I suspect so like that we're going to see something like that uh, coming around, coming down the pipeline. That's that's my personal theory, anyway. Well, I just hope it's better. Not, ri- do you think they're it's not the same writers? So you're probably not going to like it. Oh, Wait, do all of the writers? I, they just oh. It's hmm. Steve Marcus and uh, or Marcus and McFeely. I don't remember the other guy's first name, um, but. Uh, yeah, no, they, they, they first wrote Captain America and which I actually didn't like, but then they wrote Winter Soldier, which I did like, and most people did. Well, well then, then they wrote, you know, this Captain America. And then after Joss left, they gave them, uh, Infinity War. And I think the next one after that too. Good job guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for I, them. <laughs> I, problem. I think their dialogue writing generally when there's, you know, fun interplay between the characters, it was fine. The issue with, for me was that there weren't enough of those scenes and the serious dialogue was very flat. So I kind of agree with you. I don't remember the serious dialogue so much, but uh, that I definitely preferred the witty scenes over the action scenes, but that's because I'm not such a action aholic, but this is an action movie. So at the end of the day, most people are going to this movie. I don't mind action, but I don't know. I I like my action to be well paced. You didn't Um, like like the showdown in the middle with everybody. I thought it was great. I like the, the scene in the airport. The scene in the airport was a great, that was a well-done action scene. There oh, were good. a lot of action scenes out in the rest of the movie where it just dragged, you know, like Captain America and Bucky trying to escape whoever was hunting them down. That just went on and on. Anyway, um, I am obsessed with Parks and Recreation. <laughs> oh, yay! Yeah, because um, my sister started watching it and was like, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good. And I kind of had it on my radar from my Tumblr days and especially in the aftermath of the election, I'd heard a lot of people saying that like it was a very positive look at, you know, people in government and obviously it's a comedy. So yeah, I started watching it and I'm on season f- six now, I think. You skipped season one. I no, I, I did watch season one because I, f- I, I, I know, I know that season one isn't good and it's not particularly good, but I was like, it's six episodes. Fortunately, just... it's only six episodes. Yeah. I was like, I'll just get the background. It's fine. You were on season one like a minute ago. Uh, yeah, well, I've been on. A They're twenty-minute episodes. <laughs> they go fast. Paul Rudd as Bobby Newport. It's oh a my little God, scary. That election. That election. That election was this election. It, it, it is a little, except that he's he has a good heart, Bobby Newport. Even yeah. though he's an idiot. But... Except he was somewhat well-meaning, uh, but like, just the degree of like of how little he has to do, and people love him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now we're gonna move on to our main subject, which is looking ahead to the media of 2017. And by media, I don't mean like news. I mean like geeky stuff. Because mm. hi, <laughs> this is nice Jewish fangirls. So yeah. So we're gonna start with books, and I'm really excited for Thick as Thieves by Megan Whelan Turner, which is the next book in her kind of loosely titled Queen's Thief series, uh, which I absolutely adore and highly recommend to anyone. I don't know if I've mentioned it here before. Probably have, because I just talk about it constantly. And it's been like six years since the last book came out. She writes really slowly, (laughs) and I'm super, super excited to see uh, all of her books are mysteries and um, set in kind of like a 
Greek fantasy style world and they're always tricky and you always have to read them more than once and yeah I love them so Tamara I think you also had a book that you were looking forward to yeah I'm excited for the next installment of the Brandon Sanderson Stormlight trilogy uh, this means that I do have to go reread all the other books because I honestly don't remember every single detail because his books are really long but I'm excited uh, I really like that Sanderson updates his books pretty regularly and there's not I haven't read a single book by him that I haven't liked uh, there's definitely ones that I like more, but I think he's a really talented world builder. And the series, I'm really, really excited that it's coming to a conclusion because there's so much of it. I don't know if either of you have read it, but there's so much about this book that just makes me kind of crazy uh, because I know that he's doing something and I can't figure out what he's doing sometimes. Everybody who reads the book kind of has these ideas like, oh, maybe this is happening. Maybe this is going to be the thing that happens. And now we're going to find out with this one. I've, it's the first series by Sanderson that's come out since... I've started reading his books, so um, this has been like the series that's closest to my heart because I've kind of been able to watch like how other people are reacting. I don't use Reddit very often. I don't. I do have an account, but I never actually use it for anything. Um, and I do go on to see all the theories about the upcoming books, and I'm just really excited for my favorite fantasy, one of my favorite fantasy authors to have a new book. So this will be nice. Uh, so you get to find out if your theory is Jost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or if, as they say in Supernatural fandom, if it's cryptid, if it's confirmed. Uh, no, watch Supernatural. So. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess. Well, you, you, you said earlier before we were recording that you read Elantris, right? Yes. So. Um, and yeah, and I'm looking forward to him making that, writing that sequel. He keeps saying he's been saying for a while that like he's going to do it, but this is the one thing that he hasn't actually been productive on as far as I can see. It's funny because that's my least favorite Sanderson book is Atlantis. So when I mean I, I was... like I like the characters um, and I like the world a lot. I'm not sure where there is to go from there. Which one is the Words of Radiance series? That's the, the Stormlight series. Oh okay. Those are the like they're crazy huge. Yeah they're yeah. really big and there's a lot going on so so like there's one or two characters you're still kind of because he does a lot of uh, points of view and there's still one or two characters who I'm just like why are you here I know you're important and I think I can figure out why you're important and I I think we know why you're here but I'm still trying to figure it out <laughs> and and I and a lot of a lot of what was confusing in the first book kind of got settled in the second book and the third one is really just going to be I believe a conclusion. Um, I thought there were ten books in that series. Please don't tell me that because I really thought it was a trilogy. I. My sister read them, and I I thought that I saw that there were ten books planned for that one. But I could totally be wrong, since I've only Oh really... my gosh, Wikipedia says ten books, and I don't know how I convinced myself <laughs> there was going to be three. <laughs> oh, no. Oh my gosh. My... So... You're just never going to know tomorrow. You're just never, <laughs> it's never going to end. You're not no, even a third of the way through. Oh my gosh. Well, that's, that's. That's kind of fine, because he writes really quickly. Yeah, it's not like waiting for the next Harry Potter book. I mean, he writes one of these about once every three years, because the first one was 2010, and this one's 2014, and the last one was 2014, and the next one's 2017. So like, it's more like three and a half years, I guess. So that's kind of fine. I'll be really old by the time the tenth one comes out. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks, Anderson. <laughs> now I'm really frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so not excited about this book now. Oh, okay, so we've just <laughs> destroyed Tamar's love for something. That's, uh, you, you heard it here first, people. 
I'll, I'll still love it, but um, I don't know. I think he's really good at building uh, worlds, and I I like what he writes. So I even even when he writes just one book, I enjoy it. Even like I like I really like the second book, Words of Radiance. I thought it worked really well, uh, and explained a lot that I was confused about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just like his books. I'm really excited, even though now I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> I like his writing style. I think his writing style is very fluid and very um, accessible, and it's not. It doesn't get heavy and dense like a lot of other fantasy writers do. Um, so I always appreciated that. I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, sometimes I wish he had a little bit more editing. Because when I pick up his books, I'm just like, this is gonna break my back if I put this in my purse. In terms of books, um, I just also have one more, which is the Wonder Woman novel by Lee Bardugo. It's a young adult. Um, adaptation of or interpretation of Wonder Woman and I love Lee Bardugo she's a hilarious person and a great writer and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does with it so moving on to television um SM you want to kick us off what are you looking forward to well I know that uh Tamara is also looking forward to this um The Good Place on NBC is going to be coming back do you want to talk about it I should talk about it Uh, whichever I just really wanted to cheer because I really like it and more people should watch this show yeah, no, it's like it starts out with you know a cute premise, um, and I didn't think the pilot was that strong, but it just it keeps building. The premise is that there's been a case of mistaken identity in the afterlife, and this character, the main character played by Kristen Bell, um, is accidentally sent to the good place when she should have been sent to the bad place, um, and she is really like a terrible human being. And, like, everything she did on Earth, what you see in flashbacks, she was just awful. And But then she, you know, wants to stay in the good place and not go to the bad place. So um, she's keeping her identity secret, but um, her her roommate, who is supposed to be her soulmate, figures it, figures it out. They uh, And then he ends up trying to coach her. He's an, like, he's an ethics professor. And it's all about her trying to basically, you know, become the most improved player after death. Um, and it, it covers some interesting questions of, you know, of, of like, you know, if you do the right thing for the, uh, for wrong, uh, for bad reasons, you know, is that still better than doing the wrong thing? And there are all sorts of, you know, little ethical dilemmas. And I was really impressed with the cast of characters that they've introduced. They've, they've been very diverse and they've done the lost thing of giving, you know, each character kind of an episode, um, to center on them and go into the flashbacks of their life and what they were like and how they became the people that they became. And so there's a surprising amount of depth for a sitcom. And it's also sometimes just like side-splittingly hilarious. There's a character named Janet and she just becomes hysterical. Janet's a... She's a supercomputer who's a person and it's really funny because she gets wiped at one point and then she has to download the whole universe worth of internet of information and, into herself. And her safeguard to keep her from getting wiped was also uh, she she begs for her life. And then <laughs> as soon as you step scene. away from the button that's going to delete everything, she's like, oh, it's OK. I'm not real. That can't hurt me. And then as soon as you get closer again, she's like, no, please, I have children. This is Scott. And she just pulls up a picture out of nowhere. And it's like, this is Scott. And like, he's he's had a hard time, but he's battling through it like a champ. You know, it's just like, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and I don't want to spoil too many jokes because they're really funny. Um, and yes, everyone should watch it. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where they'll go after the first season. Um, yeah, I don't know because, like, in the beginning, like, it didn't seem like there was that many, 
there there were that many places to go, but they just mm -hmm. keep coming up with new ideas. Well, I'm um, kind of hoping that they decide to convince them to make a middle place because the bad place is really annoying. Like all you do is sit there and watch The Bachelor. And that's like what they do in the bad place. <laughs> I'm not joking. Terrible, and you're surrounded by the worst people on earth. <laughs> um, like uh, um, Adam Scott plays. Oh like, yes, Adam Scott. Oh, I Parks may have Rick to watch Fame. it now since I love him. He's, he's playing a character that's like literally the opposite of Ben Wyatt. So nice, very nice. Uh, Tamar, how about you? Um, what TV show am I interested in this year? Oh. Um, so first of all, I'm really excited for Doctor Who, but technically that came back on Christmas Day, so I can't really say that. But I am excited to see Emerald City. It's the new um, take on Wizard of Oz. I, I, I've seen one trailer, and I was really excited after watching that. I don't know anything about the show except that, so I'm excited to... I really like Wizard of Oz retellings. So I, I think... It, I don't remember if it's a, a miniseries or not. Um, I literally just got excited because I saw that trailer one time by accident. The first season's 10 episode, that's why I thought it was. Because it, it's coming on soon. It's like yeah, a mid-season mid replacement. Yeah. And also, I, I'm not going to ever watch it, but I'm really excited for the Big Hero 6 show on Disney Channel because that movie got no love and it deserves so much more love. Big oh. Hero 6, everyone I know loves that movie. Well, yeah, but everyone you know are like into these things. But overall, I thought it got lost in comparison to like Frozen came out around the same year, I think. And I think Big Hero 6 was really well done. And I really like Honey Lemon because she's this like kick-ass girl who's smart and is okay with fashion and is coming up with like, all these chemicals to do things. I, I don't know. I thought that the movie as a whole was really sweet. And I'm really excited for the TV show, even though I'm not going to watch it because I don't watch kids shows typically. <laughs> um, well, you can watch it while I watch Star Wars Rebels and then... Uh... Yeah. I just don't like the writing of most kid shows. Like I've been recently rewatching, well, not rewatching. I've been watching the new Digimon series from Japan because I really loved that series as a kid. And every time I watch a new movie, because they're releasing a bunch of movies instead of TV shows, every time I watch a new movie, I get really mad because I just forget that it's a kid show. And I'm just like, why isn't your writing better? This plot makes no sense, but it does make sense when little kids are watching these shows. So I just, I just don't watch kid shows as. Not like a general rule, like I'm not, not gonna watch a kid's Avatar, show. Avatar The Last Airbender, though. Yeah, and The Legend of Korra, though. But I didn't love Avatar. Okay, you're fired. Sean, Sean the non-believer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I, I liked I liked parts of it, and I thought it was it was nice. And I liked some of the jokes, but it, it was a kid's show. I've enjoyed it more. I mean, it's a kid's it. show about... The first time through, like, I, I wasn't so impressed, and now as I'm going back, I'm like, wow, there is so much stuff here. Right, so I'm, I'm really impressed here. that they made it as a kid's show. I'm pretty. I'm really impressed they just made it at all, because it's, it's so intense. But just, I don't know, like, I would finish an episode and be like, okay, that was 20 minutes of a kid's sitcom, which is cute, but it was written for kids, and it was meant for kids, and that's fine that people like it. Did you watch really... the whole thing? Yeah, I watched the whole first one. I didn't watch Legends of Korra, or whatever it's called, just because I just didn't care. Yeah, Legends of Korra. Legend mm. of Korra. I think it also helps if you have a kid handy to watch with, because no! then you get to see it partially through their <laughs> eyes. No, some of my some of my really good friends, like one of my friends, she got proposed to with the ring attached to an appa, and that was really <laughs> cute. But just like, it was fluffy, and I liked playing with it in her apartment, but... Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just and I like the memes and I like all the jokes. I really would love to see it well done as a adult TV show or a movie. And note the well done because I never saw don't the other. Don't give it to Night Shyamalan. I was gonna say I never saw that. I mean, and I, I don't I, think it doesn't it, exist. 
I don't know if it would make a good movie, honestly, um, just because of what it is. It's just such a is. long and expansive story. Yeah, you know? and TV shows, I don't know, like, turning them into movies is, is... I know they do it in Japan and stuff, but, like, ad- adapting it would be a little dicey, I think. Um, but, like, an interesting, you know, a grown-up reboot um, as a TV show would be interesting. I'd like that. <laughs> a live-action reboot. Yeah, I just like that. I also, oh, just a general thing to know about me is I, I like like Disney, but I don't particularly enjoy watching cartoons. Um, I took a Japanese literature and translation course in college, and it was anime class, and my professor hated me because I, to this day, I still have not seen Totoro, and I, I just don't particularly like watching cartoons. I, I'm sorry, like it's just not something I enjoy. Mm. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, one of my series is uh, The Defenders, which is going to be coming to Netflix sometime near the end of the year, probably. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, Jessica Jones and and Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist, who may or may not win us over with his series, Uh, you know, all, all just like smushed together. And they're all so dysfunctional that I just can't wait for them to like bounce off each other and be miserable and I will enjoy it greatly. Um, so the, the, the less and happy... it's all in New York. It's all in New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the yes. less happy they are, the more happy I'll be. Let's see if they'll leave, if they leave Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. Like They might have to oh, drag dang. Matt Murdock, like, kicking and screaming out of Hell's Kitchen. He's gonna be like, this is Manhattan! And they're gonna be like, no, it's not! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, SM, how about any any other TV shows? Um, well, there's this other one uh, TV show. It is set in the DC universe, but it is not going to be dark and gritty and miserable like all of those. Yay! Um, hey, there's nothing wrong with dark and gritty and miserable, but it's nice to see that they are That was a yay, so not a hey. That was a oh, yay. <laughs> that was a yay. Okay, good. A+. Plus. So it's called Powerless, and it is going to follow um, Vanessa Hudgens of High School Musical, who is a grown-up now, and she is playing a grown-up with a grown-up job of trying to uh, help people who are basically, you know, innocent bystanders in a lot of superhero carnage and uh, battles, and they just, you know, they don't feel safe. Um, they've lost property, they've, you know, she's trying to help them uh, get their lives back together in the wake of some kind of, you know, in the wake of all the constant insanity and disasters that are befalling them because of all the superhero battles. Um, And, yeah, apparently Alan Tudyk is going to be in it. He's going to be playing her, I think Wikipedia described him as, like, a catastrophic dictator of a boss. Um, (laughs) And that should be fun. Uh... A role and he Danny was born Cudi to play, of... I'm sure. Hmm? A role he was born to play, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, he'll uh, ham it up for sure. And, yeah, and Danny Pudi of um, Community, who, he plays Abed on Community, uh, is going to be, like, one of her co-workers who is... Uh, doesn't really take the job very seriously and is just pranking the office and doesn't really care. And she's just going to be this very earnest, you know, hardworking employee trying to help people and everybody else is just getting in her way. Um, hopefully that'll be enjoying, uh, enjoyable. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's premiering in February. Cool. That was the only pilot that I was interested in at San Diego this year. And I wasn't. 
I didn't know because I wasn't going to sit through a whole bunch of other pilots that I wasn't interested in to uh, to just see that one. But um, yeah, tomorrow. Anything else? No, I'm just really excited for Emerald City. <laughs> um, so I have also um, American Gods, which is coming to Stars soon, and uh, ah. I'm actually not sure of the date. Oh my goodness, let me look that up. I thought you were going to say I'm not sure how I feel about it because that's exactly what I was just thinking. Oh no, <laughs> I, I mean it, it. I okay. I mean I have complicated feelings about American Gods because I read it in high school when I was in my Neil Gaiman phase, and probably. I mean, to say I didn't understand it is, I think, probably a, 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 a colossal understatement because that book is... I'm not sure that it's meant to be understood. No, it's true, but, but it's it's <laughs> dense and bizarre and, you know, I, I wasn't aware of a lot of the mythology that it was playing in. I didn't get that Wednesday was Odin. <laughs> I didn't understand that at the time. Um but it definitely made an impression on me because it's 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 a powerful story, also quite diverse and and looks really interesting. Um, and that that's coming in April, so I'm really excited to see what they do with that. I'm curious about it because yeah, I didn't so much enjoy it as a book, and in general, like I don't know if I if Neil Gaiman has come up on the podcast before. But I tend to think of Neil Gaiman as kind of the Tim Burton of writers, where he just likes to pile weirdness on top of weirdness for weirdness's sake. And sometimes, you know, some people that's, you know, that's, you know, right up their alley and they love it. And for me, it's like, I just kind of want to peel the weirdness away and get to the story and the characters. And sometimes it just, you know, the style and it gets in the way of the substance. Um, I don't know if I would describe his other, definitely American Gods fits that description but i mean like neverwhere i love neverwhere yeah, neverwhere I, is, has a really solid story to it i don't but it's also yeah. kind of i liked the nancy boys because i felt like it was the it was the most tightly written story that i'd read by him i'm not sure all the ones that i have read i've read a few of his um his like short stories um and i have read american gods and i think i read another book by him but i can't remember which one I mean, Tomorrow. Sandman is definitely strange. Like, I... Yeah, also... I have not read Sandman. I've heard good things about it, but I'm also not such a graphic novel person. It's... It's... It's interesting. I mean, they, they were... There's, I think, one volume... I heard it brings in I... a lot of Jewish mythology also. Um, I don't remember. I think I, I read it also, like, in college. But um, there was one volume of Sandman that I adored. It was the, I think, six or seven when... Um, his sister uh, Delirium comes in and they kind of go on this quest and I thought it was just beautiful. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm glad that his work is starting to get adapted because, it, you know, he's an important fantasy voice and it's... No, I think uh, it know. will definitely, you know, if it's done well atmospherically, I think that will definitely make it very cinematic, you know, and like there's a lot there that, you know, the visuals, you know, that he describes would make... would you know, come across very well on screen if they do it right. Yeah, well, they, I mean, their their booth at Comic-Con was just bonkers. It was, it was so crazy. <laughs> but you, know, you basically walked into this weird little installation where they had, you know, trailers and, like, you know, it was stuff about religion and, like, definitely there was some Jewish stuff going on. And um, then you walked in and, like, you took a picture next to, uh, like, an ox. And there were bones on the floor and you could pick one up and take a picture with the bones. So I... I 
took a picture holding a bone. Um, it was, it was, it felt very much like they knew that this is totally bonkers. And I, I went to one of their panels as well, and it, it, it seems really interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, does anyone else have any other TV shows we're looking forward to? I know just, but about uh, American Gods, I'm not sure if I actually want to watch American Gods. I. I like watching, I don't mind reading books that are intense, and I don't mind seeing movies that are intense, but I don't particularly want to watch a TV show that makes me think too much. I know that sounds horrible, <laughs> but, but TV is, is supposed, I, I mean, in my mind, like, a lot of the time, like, I want something light, and I, I, I realized in 2016, and particularly, I started veering away from really intense TV shows. I haven't actually watched any TV this season, aside from The Good Place, because none of it really looked bright and happy like the good place did you could so try jane re- the virgin jane the virgin is, i don't li- i watched the pilot and i didn't like it and i yes i watched um uh, crazy ex-girlfriends like three episodes and i cannot stand it i just i i don't know i american gods kind of seems a little bit dark and trippy and i didn't like any of the netflix series the the the, the marvel ones either just because they were kind of yeah, like very i don't need this yeah i don't need this darkness in my life that's why I'm missing. watching Allie McBeal, even though it is terrible. So I'm watching <laughs> the West Wing. It's not depressing. And the West Wing is plenty depressing, but they also give light moments every it's once fun. in a while. Yeah. Yeah. They care so. about making the episodes fun. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just that was just like a side note. Like I don't know if I'm gonna actually watch American Gods, even though I'm very intrigued by it. But it took me a really long time to like sit down and watch Game of Thrones because I didn't like that either. Maybe because I've worked in news literally dealing with like calling cops and asking how many people died i i kind of have started shifting away from more drama and kind of appreciate more lighthearted things nowadays i don't think i've seen a drama movie since 2014 i I guess my next pick won't won't fit your sensibilities either although i do totally understand what you're saying in terms of like just what you want from the medium um but uh, yeah my last tv pick is um a series of unfortunate events which is also coming to Netflix on the 13th of January. Of course. Is it a Friday? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I, I've seen the first two episodes and they are wild. It is. Is it fun? It, it, it It's, it's, um, it's unheimlich, <laughs> which is a word that I learn, a word which here means um, just totally strange and very much the like unnerved something's not quite right you kind of like it and are kind of creeped out by it feeling that you get from the books yeah so it's very much the the strange unnerving um fun and yet creepy feeling that you get from the books uh and and they also kind of peek like they poke at the mystery more than they did in the books uh like the the last scene of the pilot of the orias the first episode actually made me gasp as an adult woman who hasn't read these books in many, many years. So, uh, yeah, I definitely watched the first episode. Like, if you ever read the series and were kind of into it, I, I ended that series in a fury, totally mad at it, and I still have a lot of <laughs> issues about it. But, I like... I skipped a lot of it. Yeah, the first episode is definitely worth watching, just to, just to taste it, see if it interests I feel, And I feel like in, ad- in adapting it to... Um, a, uh, a Netflix series, they're going to have to uh, adapt the content. They're going to have to make it make more sense. Well, I mean, it's remarkably close to the to the story. The the first series is the first four. Yeah, books. but I mean, like um, as it goes but, on, yeah, and the, and the ending and the and the yeah, overall. One plot. one would hope, since uh, Lemony Snicket 
Dan slash Daniel Handler basically decided, I don't need to answer any of these questions. Like, what? The Baudelaire has <laughs> read the book with all the answers. Oh, okay, yeah, that's satisfying. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, anyway, um, spoilers <laughs> for a series of unfortunate events. But, uh, yeah, let's move on to the big screen and movies. So, Tamar, what are you looking forward to in film this year? And I'm um, sure there will, there will be something Korean or Japanese in there, right? Don't disappoint don't, me. Oh, no, sorry, I, I didn't include anything Korean or not. I don't really watch so many Japanese things, but I didn't include anything in my list because I just figured I shouldn't include any. If we were, I could like have tons of music and tons we are of deeply other things. Disappointed in you. Um, sorry. I mean, I could go Google. I don't really watch so many Korean movies. I'm actually reviewing one tonight, but that's a side note. Um, I'm actually really, really, really excited for Beauty and the Beast. I'm a big Beauty and the Beast fan. When it came out in 3D a few years ago, I went and saw it. Like the whole thing takes place in like a minute, and you're just like, how did that happen? There's different seasons, and this makes no sense. So the fact that they mentioned time at all. Whatever, that's a tangent. I don't need to talk about it. I like Beating the Beast a lot. I think of all the fairy tales, is probably the, my favorite one. But I didn't particularly love the Cinderella remake, and I didn't see Jungle Book, so I'm, I'm kind of a little bit nervous. But at the same time, Emma Watson is the perfect actress to play Belle in my mind. Like, when they announced it, I was just like, this makes sense. So unless they go off the deep end... Uh, I probably will enjoy it. I'm. I hope that they add some more depth to the plot, like they did with Cinderella. I know that they already announced that Belle is going to be an inventor rather than just an inventor's daughter. So I like that change already. But I don't know. I I wouldn't mind if they kept the same plot. But I saw Moana the other day and I walked out and I really enjoyed it and I liked the songs. But I turned to my friend who I was seeing it with and I just said, "Well, I kind of wouldn't have minded some romance because I like Disney like princess stories. I, I mean, as an adult, I think they're all really silly." But I don't know. There's something sweet to Anna and um, I was gonna say Sved and Sven's the reindeer. That is not right. <laughs> <laughs> Anna and Kristoff. I really liked that, and like I liked. I think a lot of their like new princesses, like Mulan and Shang, also was a, a, a better romance than like Sleeping Beauty. Oh, um, that's a great romance. I mean, that's barely a romance. They don't. Um, they don't even kiss. Oh, you mean Mulan? Mulan and Shang. Yeah, Aurora well, they... definitely gets kissed. That's the whole. Oh, point. so I really should have talked this as my current obsession. They just. I just saw the casting um, announcement for Mulan, and if it's the right one, it seems that they're changing the plot significantly, and there is no Shang, and I'm kind of concerned about that, but I hope that's, like, just a... I, I hope it's just a like a red herring that they're doing because I I think he's a really well rooted character and yeah and I mean like at the, at the same time like people are like oh but he like once she found out she was a woman he left her I was like what do you think the army would do except his like based on the poem in China that's not what happened like they knew she was a woman the whole time so I'm kind of wondering if that's the take that the movie is gonna take if like the movie is gonna actually be based more on the poem rather than just like we're gonna put a girl in a random dynasty that doesn't really exist and random historical events and they're gonna make it more realistic. But that's a side note. Yeah, but yeah. M- Mulan is my favorite Disney movie by a good long mile. So I'm kind of trying not to pay attention to any of the casting or any... Or, I mean, I'm sure I'll pay attention once the roles are cast. But, like, I, I need it to be good so badly that, like, I can't get worked up about, like, speculation at this point. Right. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, Beauty and Beast are, and Mulan are, like, the same tier for me. Like, Beauty and the Beast is, like, the, the fairy tale best one for me for... Disney and Mulan is like my absolute best for Disney and of course everyone's gonna be like oh it's because you have a, like you study Asia but no I just like the story and I think it's it was really well done for the time and the music was great and Disney has a lot to live up to for this movie yeah so for both Beauty and Beast and and Mulan yeah uh, although Mulan is not coming out this year <laughs> I, think I know next year maybe I don't know um, I think I think 2019 oh wow okay well they haven't cast it yet 
That is true. 2018, according to IMDb. Yay. All right. (laughs) We'll get there. SM, how about you? What movies are you excited for? All the ones that I'm like moderately excited for tomorrow is like, no, no, they're all terrible, but I'm going to say what they are anyway. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I don't really watch trailers because I like to just go in blind, but I'm excited about the Power Rangers movie for nostalgia reasons (laughs) and because... And because the uh, the uh, Black Ranger is no longer the African-American one and the Yellow Ranger is no longer the Asian one. So, like, yay, slight, you know, upgrade in less racism there. So that's basically, I like the posters and I'm, you know, I'm just excited to, to see my old, you know, nostalgic favorite characters, even though it's on Netflix, I think, or it was all of the Power Rangers episodes and like I started watching and I didn't really get anywhere because yeah it's it's really old and really bad but that's okay because you know the magic of childhood made it better <laughs> yeah I haven't seen Power Rangers I wasn't allowed to watch that as a kid I think I saw one episode once um I was only allowed to watch it at my grandmother's house when my mother wasn't around my grandmother <laughs> would let us watch them and then my mother would find out, you know, and she'd be like, she let you watch violent TV shows. I'm going to have to talk with her. <laughs> and then we would just watch again. But so. I, I did I did see the trailer, and I thought, like, I don't know, through about 75% of the trailer, I thought that I was watching the trailer for a sequel to Chronicle that I hadn't known was happening, which is that Josh Trank movie where, like, they find an alien artifact and get superpowers and like and get superpowers exactly and i was like oh okay so, and it was like you know uh or like a follow-up to is so it like, is it like found footage style like chronicle is yeah was, yeah or it's or it's like not found it? but it's yeah or so, some of it's found no but i just figured i don't know it was like the same storyline so i was like oh i guess i didn't know that they were making a sequel to chronicle um and then it was like power rangers and i was like oh Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, so I've been quiet this whole time, and I really, I was a huge, huge Power Ranger fan, like, far further in childhood than most people. Like, I I didn't, I haven't seen all the series, but I saw a lot of them really late in life also. And I have, I watched one in college, because one of the original, one of the original characters from the original series came back, and the later one as an adult, and it was really cute. But I was watching this trailer, and I don't know if either of you read or watched Animorphs when you were younger. The, The trailer for, like, a good nine tenths of the trailer was animorphs kids well that does make sense now once you mentioned it and now i I thought about it because there are a lot of parallels you know it's an alien invasion and there are teenagers fighting them off and they have animal related superpowers you know like so there is a lot there are a lot of parallels just built in there so Yes, but they're really different series. I don't know if you guys read the Animorphs book, but they get really intense. Of course intense. you read the Animorphs I don't know books. if you read them all. Some people didn't I, read them all. I didn't. I didn't read them. There's I didn't like, read them all, but I had the, a bunch. Have you read, like, the finale book? Because it's insane. Yes, I skipped a, a bunch of middle ones because yeah. one of my brother's friends, I think, brought that one over and I read it while he was here for the weekend yeah, one time when I was a kid. All of them. Just, like, the last one is really crazy. And Power Rangers was a And it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, it does. Oh my god, it's such a great... It was like the first time I realized that I love cliffhanger endings. <laughs> um, no, no, it was the worst. <laughs> I, I think SMU should go watch this trailer and, and uh, like forget that it's the Power Rangers one. And, and like immediately my first response was... I really thought it was. I was watching the wrong trailer. I thought maybe Animorphs was coming out with a movie because it's a bunch of kids. They're at a, um, like a site of something that crashed from space. And they get these superpowers from it. And that's exactly the concept of Animorphs. And that's not necessarily the concept of Power Rangers where they're they're chosen. Like in Animorphs, it's all 
by accident. And in Power Rangers, they're chosen, and at least in the first series. And I always, growing up, thought that that was a big distinction between the two series. Like, in Animorphs, it's about the kids coming into their own. And in Power Rangers, it's kind of like, uh, like you, they were chosen and they had to deal with it a little bit. Um, and that, w- that, I mean, like, I haven't watched the series, but I do recall some episodes where, like, the Pink Ranger Kimberly didn't want to be a Power Ranger anymore. And that was a big thing. And Animorphs had that, too. But in Animorphs, it was, like, you walk away from something that you stumbled upon. And in Power Rangers, just you walk away from something that, I don't know, that you were picked for. That the powers <laughs> and, that you have selected. Yeah. For. And that was also, like, that's the thing. Like, like, in the original series, they're picked by, like, a glowing head in a tube. And he's very godlike. And Animorphs never really <laughs> Zordon. had Zordon! Yeah, Zordon was, like, big godlike thing and i don't really know how brian uh, brian cranston's gonna do that but i'm pretty excited for that but i i really i think that there was a lot more they could have done with the power ranger mythology than just decide to swap it out entirely and make it it i mean honestly i was watching the trailer and i was like oh okay so we're getting transformers part 17 it, it, that's what it looks like like there was nothing i don't know i kind of did want some cheesiness and this just kind of looked like a big blockbuster that didn't need to be called power rangers and it kind of ruined it for me so i will see it and then i'll hate on it and then i'll go i'm sure that my opinion on the movie will ultimately rest on how well they do the characters and the character interaction i'll probably hope that the that the action scenes don't drag too much i i really like going in not really having any idea how bad it will be (laughs) yeah i like to just keep my expectations you know completely blank I was so excited I couldn't not watch that trailer and like I watched it and I just sat there I was just like nope. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive I I have to say because a lot of time I mean like more often than not in my experience the trailer is much better than the actual either movie or tv show. Uh, That's why I'm so concerned it's gonna be horrible. But like I mean I've been tricked into seeing things a good few times that has been like oh you just put all the good parts in the trailer and said it's cool music. So, never mind. So, yeah, yeah I mean, and then I, there's the whole brand, the brand of trailer that just tells you the entire movie in two oh, minutes. Yeah. Like, they so eventually just tried to do with Passengers, because they were like, we gotta get somebody to see this movie. Oh my god. It could have been so good. Like, there was, like, the production values look great, and Chris Pratt, and Jennifer Lawrence, but, like, the concept, no, no. Yeah, anyway, let's not go down that rabbit rabbit hole. Uh, just now. <laughs> Maybe we'll have an episode about problematics. <laughs> and, uh, and that will yes. happen. Yeah, so for me, I honestly looked through a whole bunch of lists, or, or like one list, of movies that are coming out this year, and the only one that, I mean, I am excited for Beauty and the Beast, even though Belle always kind of drove me nuts, because um, I thought she was insulting to everyone who lives in her town, but yeah. I'm totally but- fine with that. but like it's funny as as somebody who was like a reader and somebody who did identify that way i was a little bit like oh my god you snooty little like what are you doing like other people aren't bad just because they don't understand reading anyway different subject but yeah the only movie i'm really excited for is star wars (laughs) which i'm sure will surprise nobody but yeah i'm super excited for that and we don't know almost anything about it, including what it's called. But I, I can't. But it wait. will have Carrie Fisher in it. Yes, it will. And it will have Ray, and it will have Poe Dameron, and it will have uh, Finn and um, Kelly Marie Tran, who we don't know. It who won't she's have playing. Han Solo. But well, probably not. <laughs> it might have Ghost Han Solo or flashbacks or something like that. But yeah, anyway. But I don't think Harrison Ford wants to be involved, so probably not. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. Um, I mean, according to him, go home and fly his jets. According to him, he he you know he did some. I mean, I'm sure like this is only the surface level of it, but he you know, and he's not he's not wrong. But like his whole relationship with Star Wars of like he wanting to be killed off was like Han doesn't do anything in Jedi. Like there's no certainly emotional arc for him, and the story arc is is very thin as well. So it was more him wanting like he saves people. Yeah, he saves people, but, like, he, he gets out of out. carbonite and is like, I'm all in with the rebellion now! And it's like, who are you? But anyway, yes, yeah, so that that is my movie. Tamara, do you have another one? Uh, I do, but just back to Star Wars for a second. I was wondering if, since Carrie Fisher has passed away, will Harrison Ford come back? Because there's the whole thing with, um, like, Adam Driver's character. Like, he has parent issues, and now one of the parents is no longer in existence in this universe and the other one is no longer in existence in that universe so would it make sense for them to do something with Harrison Ford to kind Playing of cover up Princess Leia? I don't think so. No, <laughs> no like, just like I don't know like not like obviously he doesn't have like a force ghost but like if they have like a video message or something that in some way changes something because I mean I I, I have yeah, like a, a hologram of, just like yeah. they did in Rogue One that worked really well. No I mean I just I don't I don't think that they I mean, obviously, they have to rewrite the movie now. Carrie Fisher will not be in it. And I'm wondering how they're going to deal with what, that. What, episode nine? Yeah. I doubt she was a huge part of it, to, to be completely honest. I, I don't think... She was used pretty sparingly in seven, and I don't... I mean, I, I, I don't really no. like speculating on this stuff, to be totally honest. Because I'm like, I'm sure they know what they're doing, and... You know, it's, it's a horrible thing to have to deal with, and I kind of don't want to speculate without knowing anything about it. But, I mean, it will be interesting to see where they go with Kylo Ren in respect to that, because he's actually one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I mean, he, no, he's the worst. He's awful, but I kind of like him because I think he's actually, like, mentally ill and crazy. So I kind of like him for that reason. <laughs> okay. He um, needs help. He does need yeah. help. He absolutely does. He's the worst. Yes, uh, but, but he doesn't want any help. You're so right. Like, he does. Well, I think part of him does. not going to change until he wants to change. I think I think part of him does, but... And I think that's what that scene is, is about, actually. But anyway, yes. So so that is that is what I have to say about Star Wars for now. Oh, okay. <laughs> More <laughs> um, next week, so, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah, back to other movies that I'm excited about. I was going to mention Wonder Woman and Guardians of the Galaxy, but we kind of already discussed those. Yeah. So because you guys asked, I did just sit here and I pulled up a list of upcoming um, Korean movies. And um, <laughs> I am... Now, because I just saw is, um, I'm not a huge movie person, but I do occasionally, like, they have these series or genre called, I guess, like, they call it Slice of Life in English. I don't really think it's like that. It's more, uh, it's like realism. And this TV show based on a Japanese um, comic, a Japanese manga is called Little Forest. And one of my favorite actors, uh, Ryujin Yol, is going to be in it. And I didn't know he was going to be in that. It's, it's going to be about a woman who, and I, I'm guessing he's there too. Um, it's a woman who decides to leave the busy city and in Korea the city is like insanely more hectic than New York City like Seoul is nuts and she decides to go back to like farming and that's what the whole show is the whole movie is going to be about just this woman going deciding to leave the city and go be a farmer and I assume because it's a Korean movie and they like showing like really nice cinematography that most of this will be like just farmscapes and if you've never seen a Korean movie like ever or a Korean slice of life movie. Never then, it's really hard to describe. Like my favorite movie from this, um, I think it was actually from um, last year, is about a person, it's a technically a guy, it's about a guy who wakes up in a different face every day. 
Oh, oh so there's a like David Levitt then book that my yeah. sister was just reading. Yeah, it's I think it's based on that. Um, it's called The Beauty Inside, and it's based off of an American film from 2012. Um, I don't know if that's based off of a book, no. but. But it sounds oh, okay. similar in concept. So, um, so yeah, the beauty inside. And so every day, the the character wakes up in a different body. And like when I saw the trailer, I was just like, oh, you're a Korean film, so this is definitely gonna be way more toned down than it would in an American film, where they're like all like, oh my god, you're a different person. And and really, it and it was. And I, I think there's something really beautiful about the way that um, Korean movies are filmed and I, I think that everyone should watch not like the big blockbusters those are just blockbusters um but I don't know if either of you saw The Handmaiden from this year but the main actress from The Handmaiden is going to be in Little Forest and that's also really exciting because she is really wonderful the movie didn't get an, any accolades at the um, Academy Awards announcements recently and I'm kind of annoyed because it was literally like every single year end of the year list like I was reading time and entertainment weekly and people like they all included the handmaiden um it's just a really like kind of crazy movie and you guys can check the trailer after that but I don't know if you've never seen a Korean movie it's really hard to describe why I'm really excited about a movie that the whole plot is a woman deciding to leave the city and go farming there's I'm not no other- gonna lie it sounds a little bit like Sweet Home Alabama in Korea so no so it's definitely not gonna be like that okay like the whole plot is literally just gonna be her deciding to leave and I'm sure there's there is some more of a plot, but it was an award-winning um, graphic novel in Japan, and they've put down a bunch of movies. But like, if I read you the plot, literally, this is the plot line right now. The char- the main character goes back to her hometown in the countryside. There, she avoids the hard life in the city and reconnects with nature. It's going to be a lot of like beautiful nature shots, and that's pretty much going to be the whole movie, and it's going to be wonderful. I, I'm I really sure A.O. Think- Scott will love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like don't know how to describe it. There is something Korean cinematography is just really gorgeous to watch like I have never liked cinematography like I didn't take particular I don't like film I didn't take any film courses in college because I was just like I don't really care about visuals that is a lie I was lying to myself this whole time just because they do such a good job of kind of making you feel like you're there and understand people like the I don't want to say they're all great actors but a lot of times there's like you don't need to be talking to understand a scene like the beauty inside most of the final third of the movie was silent. Not silent, but like it wasn't a silent movie, but like the main character was living by himself and that wasn't a problem for part of it. It's just, I don't know, it's on Netflix if you guys want to watch The Beauty Inside and I think it's a good representation of Korea's movies are kind of a little bit surreal, but they're set in reality and I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's a very different type of storytelling than American movies and very different from in, than indie too, but it's closer to like indie films, but I can't think of a director. But you guys asked me to pick a movie, so I picked one yeah. and it sounds like the most boring one. <laughs> cool. Else, but it's supposed to be really exciting. I do want to check out The Handmaiden. I do, I do want to check that one out. Um, I haven't actually seen it yet because I'm kind of scared to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and SM, any other movies? Uh, well, there's Spider-Man. Yep. There's yeah. Spider-Man. I knew somebody else. Well, we kind of discussed that um, when we discussed the trailers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now that I've seen Civil War, I did enjoy Spider-Man's small cameo Mary Sue appearance. He was uh, he was definitely very cute. Yes, he definitely seems like the uh, he seems like the first real high school age you know star that they. Uh, well, I mean, I don't he's know if not he's a star he's yet, 20, but, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's older, but he definitely he looks more he looks like, like a high schooler like a kid, than Tobey yeah. Maguire or Andrew Garfield ever did. Yeah, 
For sure. Um, so to finish up, we're just going to do one little random thing uh, in entertainment or in life or whatever that we are excited for this year. Uh, SM has an exciting one. Uh, what What are you looking forward to? Well, this might happen. It might not. Still possibly in flux. But I may at some point end up going to um, London for the first time to uh, visit a friend and to see the Harry Potter play. Um, because I have been assured by people who have seen it that the acting is spectacular and really elevates the script and makes it a much better experience than reading the the play as a book ever was. So excited about that. I'm still unspoiled for what actually happens in it. So it will be a whole new experience if this actually does happen. I mean, if you ask me, the Harry Potter play is Puffs, which is now off-Broadway in New York, and you should go see it. Yeah, but, but... you didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Tomorrow, what are you excited for? Okay, so something Korean. Uh, my favorite <laughs> band. I like their their like their name sounds really stupid in English, and it sounds super stupid in Korean also. But it it makes a little bit more sense in Korean. Um, they're called Super Junior. They're my favorite band, and they haven't been able to make music um, together. They weren't able to do an album this year because pretty much every single guy in Korea, it's like Israel, like every guy has to go serve in the army. So their vocalists were in the army this past year. So even though it was um, a big anniversary for them, I think it was their their decade was in um, kind of 2015, but also kind of 2016. Uh, it was a confusing. Anyway, um, pretty much my favorite band is coming back. They're called Super Junior, and I'm really, 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 really excited. I, I literally went to Mexico on July 4th weekend last year just for a concert. I was in Mexico for 14 hours just to see this band. They used to be quite popular. They had one of the biggest fandoms in the world at one point. They're like the little engine that could and every time they come out with new music i just think this is the last time like that's why i flew to mexico like i was convinced that i would never see them ever again if i didn't go to mexico to this concert and every time and they like every time they announce a new album or something i just get really really excited and every time i think i'm over it and then it's like nope i'm not i don't know i just like i i don't know if you guys aren't big concert goers just music fandom in general probably doesn't appeal but and and i don't think that K-pop, a lot of it, I think a lot of it is kind of not so great, but I think that this band is particularly good, and I think that definitely a lot of it is because I've literally been obsessed with them since 2009, and there's a lot of sentimental value for there for me, but I just enjoy their music, and it makes me so happy to listen to it, and I don't know, I'm just really excited for it. That sounds cool, um, and I am excited to go see Anastasia on Broadway, Yay. which hopefully we will be able to do. Um, I'm not I'm not like obsessed with Anastasia as a as a movie but I really do enjoy it and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do on stage. I think it'll be really cool and I'm I'm looking forward to that adaptation and I mean it's Broadway so you know what what could be bad. Um I also want to give a shout out to uh our follower Steve Jeffrey on Twitter uh Zinc at Zinkstoat who said that he's looking forward to season 2 of The Expanse which is on Sci-Fi. And I watched the pilot and it was good. I just didn't keep going with it. Um, but I've actually heard that the books are incredible. So that's really cool. So, and if you would like to tweet at us, you can tweet 
at jewishfangirls. You can also email us at nicejewishfangirls at gmail.com. You can find us at our hosts at jewishcoffeehouse.com, which is really exciting. The site's starting to get some more traction. It's really cool. There's a lot of great Jewish interests podcasts there. So if you're Jewish or you're just like, hey, what? <laughs> you can go check some of that out. It's really, it's really a very cool site. And uh, is there anywhere else you can find us? Not yet. You can also find us anywhere you get your podcasts from. And it would be really, really awesome if you left us a review, like on iTunes or on Stitcher. Leave us a comment on the uh, Jewish Coffee House Facebook page. That would be awesome as well. Anything to kind of spread the word, let people know we're here, we're awesome, and uh, we're going to keep going with this. So thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find me on Twitter at InkAsRain, and you can find my writing at Hypable.com. SM, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook and on Twitter at Floating Spirals. And Tamar? Uh, you can read my work at Billboard.com, and I'm Twitter. I am Tamar underscore underscore Herman. The ongoing saga. All right. Thank you so much. It's really stressful, that Twitter account. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Live long and prosper, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.